My name is Tim Fox, and I want to welcome you to the Rethinking Church podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about rethinking obscurity. Obscurity is those seasons when we feel hidden or unknown, or, or maybe even like our skills and our gifts and our, and our talents are being wasted. It can be difficult to live in the season of obscurity, but it can be one of the most valuable seasons that we ever face. Now, as Hydrant Church, we intentionally entered into one of these hidden seasons in the fall of 2013. In August 2013, we closed Goldsboro Wesleyan Church, and we began to relaunch and plan to relaunch as Hydrant Church. Now, we went dark. All of our social media was gone. Our website was gone. Our sign was gone. We quit meeting at our normal time, so the building appeared empty as, as if we no longer existed. In fact, the church was disorganized at that time, and we went dark, and we waited. We started marketing a new church. We started planning for and dreaming and working on this new church. And we relaunched in October of 2013 as Hydrant Church, and we were, we were so excited to be coming out of the dark and to begin to, to engage our community in a fresh way and to do something new and for, for people to see what was happening here. The thing is that God knows how important it is for us to go dark in those seasons of change, how important seasons of anonymity and obscurity really are. And so even when we rush out of them, He has a way of keeping us there. The truth is, for any restart project, any revitalization project, any re-envisioning effort, there is going to be a season of obscurity that leads into it. We have a season that is given to us to prepare the soil, to plant the seed, to take care of the garden as it prepares for harvest. We just don't usually take advantage of this time. We don't recognize it as a, as a valuable thing. And so we try to rush into harvest season without having done the work in obscurity. We can look at the life of Jesus and we see that he spent 30 years in anonymity, 30 years in obscurity to do three years of public ministry. Now, we want to reverse that trend, and we want to go to school and learn for four years, stay in obscurity for four years, and then go serve and minister for 40 years. And we wonder why burnout is so common. We wonder why we end up hopping from church to church, repeating the same patterns. And, and we have pastors that don't have 20 years of experience, but they have two years of experience repeated 10 times in 10 different places. And we need a different view of obscurity and anonymity if we are going to grow into the leaders that he wants us to be. So we've, just, we've got to rethink obscurity as not something negative, as not us being hidden away or wasted or unimportant or insignificant. We can't rush through the seasons of anonymity, or we will diminish the harvest that's coming later. God understands this. And so for, for Hydrant Church as a church, he kept us in obscurity much longer than we kept ourselves there. We may have gone dark for about three months, but it was nearly two years of working and laboring and learning and growing in obscurity before anything even remotely remarkable began to happen. I can remember being in this room, teaching two years later, and feeling at times like all of our effort had been 
wasted, that it hadn't gotten us anywhere, that we had just been pouring into this soil effort after after. We had been pulling out rocks and digging up weeds. We had been planting seed. We had been watering this seed, but we just hadn't seen harvest yet. I had misunderstood the, the need for these cycles of hiddenness and new life. We see it all around us in nature, the trees that, that go dormant in the winter and yet continue to thrive. And you see so much beauty that you would never see when it's covered in the, the leaves. And then they come back each year in, in beauty and shining and proclamation of life and beauty. And, and it's just this ongoing cycle we try to resist. We try to skip the obscure seasons because they're difficult. They're difficult for organizations that want to revitalize, that want new life, that want to rethink small or, or begin to replant because we have this great vision that we believe God has called us to. We're convinced of what it is that we're doing, and we believe in it, and we, we want others to as well. And so we, we work and we pour into it without much to show and results, and, and it can be frustrating. I mean, Will Willimon says that, that preachers in particular have to get used to the idea of sowing seeds without reaping the harvest. There's so much of what we do is a continual planting of seeds in which we don't know if it really took root. We don't know if it's really growing. We don't know what's really happening. And so we have to get used to this idea, but but none of us like it, I don't think. I mean, like for years, I wrestled with this idea of personal obscurity. I had worked in larger churches, started conferences, earned degrees, had seen success in ministry under other leaders year after year after year. And then we stepped into this place. And after a year, we were closing. And, and, and two years later, we hadn't really seen any real results. And I, and I felt like I was ignored. I felt like I was hidden felt like I was unnoticed. I felt like I was insignificant. I felt like what I was doing didn't really matter. It really wasn't making a difference to anyone. I had to rethink this a little bit and I had to begin to imagine the truth that, that no one cares how many people attend your church this Sunday, but everyone who is there will remember, they will remember how you made them feel. They will remember how you spoke to them, how you invested in them, how you believed in them, what they felt as they left this place. And that will have a shape and a guiding force on their future as well as your own. And so we need to shift our focus in times of obscurity because they are a gift. Personally, they are a gift. They're a time to grow. They're a time to improve, a time to focus on our, on our character. We need to accept the truth that, that leaders, leaders take a long time to develop. It's been said that it takes any leader about 20 years of leadership to really be effective, that any good, any blessing, any fruit that we see in the first 20 years is simply God's love or luck. God's love or luck. There are lessons that we can learn in seasons of obscurity that I think are so important. And I've actually listed out six or seven of those. And the first is this. You learn in obscurity to be you. To do what you're called to do and to do it well. So many times I was trying to do a job that wasn't mine to do. I was trying to do God's job. You see, Jesus said... 
I will build the church, not go and build the church. He told us to go and make disciples, and I was trying to build the church without making disciples, and I was getting nowhere and getting frustrated, and part of it was that he had given me this time to learn who I am, what I am gifted at, what I'm strong at, how he made me, to learn my temperament and my personality, and how those can be used for the purpose of making disciples, and to learn to make disciples, and to to raise up leaders, to do this with a whole heart and a joyful heart, instead of focusing on building the church, or getting a bigger church, or, or any of those things, or even being noticed. Like, my job was to make disciples, and I accepted my place and, and my calling, and I wrestled with this. God and I wrestled with this for a long time. He asked me, and, I, and, I, and he asked me, would you pastor a church of 60 people all your life if that's what I want you to do? It took me about three months to come to terms with that question and to say, yes, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do as long as you ask me to do it. I'll do the job you give me to do, and I'll stop trying to do your job. The second is to start with the foundation. When we're in seasons of obscurity, we have a tendency both in ourselves and in the organizations we lead to try to build up and get noticed. We try to invite more. We try to get more customers or we try to invite more more people into our worship services or get more people involved in our life groups. But we need to stop and realize there's probably a reason that there aren't more people here and we need to figure out what that is. It's like if you were to add onto a house you were to add a second floor onto a house, you don't start work in the attic. You start in the basement. You start in the foundation. You make sure that the foundation is strong enough to handle the addition. You make sure that the the systems that are there can handle the additional flow of electricity and and the additional needs on the HVAC system, and the, the additional demand on the, on the water system. And you make sure that all of those systems are in place before you begin construction of the next level. See, churches, the real issue is not to get more people in the door. The real question is, why aren't more people attracted to what we are doing? Why aren't we going out to more people? And there's some foundational issues that we need to deal with as a church. We need to figure out our systems and our teams and empowering more people to do ministry. I completely shifted my focus during this time to loving and serving and teaching the people that had already been entrusted to me. I focused on handing over the ministry, then focused on building teams and and developing leaders. But personally, I focused on the foundations. I had to get stronger as a as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a leader, I needed to grow. And this was a time when I was placed in obscurity where, where my failures wouldn't be amplified, where I could grow in those things. And so I learned if I couldn't fix anything else in a week, I could preach better this week than I did last week. I could call and connect to a few more people. I could invest in another leader, pour into another life group. I could do what was in front of me to develop as that man of God, connected to God, to root out bad habits, to instill good habits. This was a time to deal with the foundation. The third lesson from obscurity is it's a season to get better. 
You see, as we deal with these foundations, we continue to improve. We continue to get better. We improve our preaching. We improve our teaching. We improve our leading. We improve our loving. We improve ourselves. Without, you see, and, and that's the thing. We've got to be able to, to separate a couple of, of times and, and modes that we operate in. You see, we operate in, in two types of, of modes. One, one mode is the practice mode. And in practice mode, you're not worried about failing. You're, you're trying new things. You're stretching yourself. And, and it's a time when we actually improve. And then there's performance mode. And that's where we, we, we avoid making mistakes. We try to eliminate mistakes and try to put our best foot forward and to perform at our highest level. And we need both of these if we're going to grow and improve. And so we got to accept that in obscurity, every time we get up, every time we do anything, it's practice mode. We are getting better at these things. And we're, it's okay if we fail. It's okay if we learn because we're in obscurity. It's not going to hurt very many people. It's not going to be that big deal. So we're growing. We're improving. We're getting better. And then we'll step into the limelight at some point and then and turn into it shifts into performance mode. And so we go back and forth and we, we step into performance mode and then we go back into practice mode and we grow and we get better. And we learn to enjoy this. We enjoy each stage. Listen, I don't, I don't care what size church you lead. There are things that are true about your church that are wonderful and amazing that wouldn't be true and won't be true if you grow to twice the size you are now. And they, they weren't true when you were half the size you are now. See, there's, there, is, there are joys and challenges that come with every stage. And we need to learn to focus on the beauty and the good and embrace and enjoy each stage. It's hard for me. I'm a strategic thinker. I'm futuristic. I have a, an INTJ, Myers-Briggs personality. And, and, and that means I'm, I'm always looking to what's next. I'm always looking to the future. I'm always driving toward what could be. And because of that, if I'm not careful, I fail to enjoy this stage. And fail to enjoy the season when everyone in our church can come together around a table and enjoy a meal or come together on the property or be in one worship service or when I can know personally every family in the church and they can be connected to us where we could host every family in the church in a year in our home. Those seasons end and I need to learn to enjoy the season that's now, enjoy the stage that's now. The next thing that we have to do and, and learn in, in seasons of, of, of obscurity is to expect departures. In these seasons, when things are hard, we're not yet seeing the fruit, and we're, we're learning, and we're growing, and we're getting better, there will be people who leave. There will be people who leave your organization. There will be people who stop following you, people who won't go on this journey with you, and, and, and that's Okay. Maybe they're not ready for it, or maybe it's not what they thought it would be. When we, when we restarted uh, from Goldsboro Wesleyan to Hydrant Church, we, we had that, that, that closing service, and then we planned our new, our new time, and there were people who left in that season of darkness. Saying goodbye, saying goodbye to Wesleyan, Goldsboro Wesleyan Church was just more than they could handle. It took more pain 
that it brought more pain than they, they thought it would. And, and coming back into this building and onto this property was just more than they could do. And so they, and so they decided it was time for them to go. And that, that, was, that, that was just fine. There is no dishonor in that. There are people who came and were a part of things in the early days and realized that, that this was just not, not what they were called to be a part of. It didn't value the same things that, that they valued. And so we helped them. We encouraged them and, and invited them to, to find the church that was a right fit for them. Find a church that they could believe in and support and want to be a part of. And we helped whenever we could. Now, let's just be honest. There are some people who will not leave well. There will be some people who get angry and upset and feel like you've stolen their church, and there will be some, as you make changes, who will do everything they can to fight against it, and when they can't fight against it, they'll do everything they can to take as many people away with them as they can, and you just need to be ready, and a lot of this happens in the seasons of obscurity as a, as a way of protecting us and giving us room to grieve and to deal with it. thing we learned next was to, to delegate ministry. Really just to, to share the load as we, as we recognize that we can't do everything, even in a small church. It can be heartbreaking. It can be frustrating. It, it can be challenging for leaders, especially high-capacity leaders, to hand something off to someone if they won't do it as well as you think they should. And so we have to accept the reality that engagement is is a higher priority and a higher value than perfection or even excellence. We give our best and we constantly improve and we try to grow at every stage as people and as leaders and as, as team members, but we recognize that it's more important that we get people involved in the mission of the kingdom of God. And so we share ministry. We develop leaders and we develop team members and we pour into them and we train them and we empower them and teach them and continue to evaluate them. We, we learn that in obscurity, it is a season when these things can happen. Because once you grow out of that season of obscurity and you're back into the limelight, there's not as much time for developing leaders. There's not as much time for, for dealing with the, the pain of losses. There's not enough as much time to, to be working in practice stage instead of performance stage. It is not a time when we should be when we should be dealing with the flaws of our character because they're going to shine really brightly when the limelight's there. If they haven't been dealt with when we're in obscurity, the limelight is only going to make it worse. And so these seasons of obscurity are really gifts. There's something we learn to embrace and enjoy. In fact, I kind of resist anytime I'm being pushed out of anonymity. I love and long for these seasons to grow, these seasons to learn, these seasons to develop, these seasons to pour out into others. So as we reflect on these seasons of obscurity, we, we realize it's a, it's a chance to just figure out who we really are. We figure out who we really are. We, we grow into what God is asking us to become we get ready for it. So it's, in some ways, it's an opportunity to, to take all of the systems and the programs and, and to ask the question, what would this have to look like for it to serve twice as many people? For us to help twice as many people to worship and connect with God, what would we need to do? For us to, to pour into and make disciples with twice as many people, what would we have to do? To serve twice as many kids or teenagers, 
what would we have to do? And you begin to put into place the, the systems and the organization and the plans that can handle twice as many people as what you're serving now. And then we learn in this season as the church to be the church we are, not, not the church you wish you were. Too many pastors spend too much time grieving that the church is not what they wish it was, that they didn't have the leaders they wish they had, they didn't have the musicians they wish they had, they didn't have the, the, the facilities they wish they had, they didn't have the location they wish they had, they didn't have the young families they wish they had, and they, they failed to be the church they are and to see the beauty and the, the remarkable gifts of this season right now. And when you don't see those things, you don't leverage those things. And you fail to use your potential. What you end up doing is, is burying it. And we have been invited by God to invest the potential, to lean in to the advantages that he has given us at each stage, to learn who we are, and to be the church we are as a step toward becoming everything we were created to be. Now, I hope that this has been a helpful series uh, or helpful conversation and that you'll begin to ask this question of, of what is God trying to teach me in this season? What does God want to happen in our church during this season? What's one area that I could focus on growing during this season of obscurity? Man, it's, it's been so good to be with you. We hope that you have an amazing day. Continue to grow. Continue to rethink.